You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey, we're back to the show with Jack Canelli and Ryan Sappo as your hosts, and we're happy to have you with us for this second uh, segment of Real Presence Live today. But uh, before we go to our guest, um, my wife, who is usually our uh, uh, my, my co-host, is not with us, but I think she's here in spirit, and so I, I, I sent her a text and asked her to send me a joke, but oh. she didn't, but I've got one for you oh, anyway. Let's hear this it, one is so let's good, go. I'm going to tell it for a second time. I think you should. Okay, a priest, a rabbi, and an imam walk into a bar, and the bartender says, what is this, some kind of joke? <laughs> That's so bad. It's <laughs> so bad. I okay, love you want me to want me to put one on top of that? Yeah, here's I'll my take, here's my favorite one. It. I got this one from my son. A horse walks into the bar and the bartender says, "Why the long face?" <laughs> we need a drum roll. We really need a drum roll for I, this. I can't do it. I can't do it as well as a drum. Uh, I'm going to talk to Rachel about yeah. that. <laughs> She's she's yeah, kind of ignoring me right now yeah, through well, the window. She but, should be. She yeah. should be. We're just doing nonsense on yeah. this air. Well, let's get back to uh, our our guest, or let's get to our guest, not get yes. back to, because we have not introduced Jennifer Gregory Miller, who's with us by phone, and uh, we're going to talk about the importance of family mealtimes and eating liturgically, mm. and that's... Sounds like an interesting concept. This is going to be great. I think that, yeah, anyway, but Jennifer, why don't you, well, for one thing, where are you calling from? And tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, uh, you know, what you're going to be talking about today, and then we'll just kind of take it from there. Okay. I am calling from Manassas, Virginia, so quite a ways. Oh, my. I am married to my husband, Dave, for almost 22 years, and we have two sons. One is a freshman at Franciscan University of Steubenville, and uh, our youngest is a freshman at our Catholic high school, Seton School. And I've been in Virginia since 1986. Our family moved here. I'm the oldest of seven children, and most of my family lives in the nearby area. And when I looked up your radio network, I noticed that your your area is upper Midwest, Mm -hmm. and I do have one nephew in Bismarck, he attended University of Mary, met the love of his life, and we traveled to his wedding in 2021, and I just loved that upper Midwest area. It was just gorgeous. I, I, bet, I, bet, I bet he was attracted by the climate, yeah. right? <laughs> well, actually, yes, he likes the cold. Yeah. He, he does. Well, that Bismarck, Bismarck isn't cold. Yeah, Fargo's cold. Yeah, it's not that bad in Bismarck. <laughs> You marry such a great campus. Yeah, fantastic. Well, that, I'm so glad yeah. that you're here. I, I have questions about uh, um, what uh, what we mean by liturgical living and liturgical mealtimes. This, this sounds like a really interesting topic. Uh, yeah. I, I think we talk, we see a lot of um, people talking about that. I, I see it um, coming up on Facebook and different things, living liturgically. But... Uh, just to explain, living the liturgical year, the liturgical year itself is um, how the Church has her own calendar cycle, which follows the mysteries of Jesus' birth and his death and resurrection, and so then it becomes a year of the Lord's grace. And so all the seasons and the feasts have a basic rhythm of a Catholic's life. 
And then there's a second layer to that liturgical year of, of all the feasts of Our Lady and the Saints. And so you're kind of united in your year instead of just looking at your calendar and saying this is December. No, it's not December yet, is it? It's the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, you're trying to get a, a placement. So I wake up and I say, well, what day is it? Well, day before Thanksgiving, I have a lot to do. Oh, wait, it's also Blessed Miguel Pro. It's also yeah. St. Columban Abbott. And, and it kind of situates you in your day. And I, I love looking at the past, how the Middle Ages, particularly in the Middle Ages, when all of Christendom would have this rhythm, that, you know, they would call things, the, the the bank days were named after saint days. So you had Martinmas and Michaelmas and uh, Can- Ladymas, Candlemas, Candlemas. Yes, all yeah, and and they were in the secular conversation. It was part of of the way they they lived. It it gave them a routine of this is how we work, this is how we rest, this is how we mourn, this is how we celebrate. It's the pattern of living. So I feel like that's what we're trying to come back to is how to incorporate the liturgical year in our daily lives. So since you mentioned, and, I'm sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. Go ahead. You, no, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say um, with my, I, I was trying to do this with my children and my son requested one of those church calendars that have all the feast days on it. So I did sneak an extra one for a family and let him put put it in his bedroom but he would get up in the morning, and instead of me saying, well, do you know what feast day it is? He would come down and, and say, you know, today is, you know, St. Cecilia. And and that that felt good, that it's like, okay, he's getting this rhythm, this routine. Yeah. Now, you mentioned the Middle Ages, and I'm wondering, can you can you tell me anything about St. Swithin? Because I've heard of St. Swithin's Day in medieval literature, but I have no, I have no clue who no, St. Swithin is. No idea. Can you shed any light on that for us? <laughs> I, I'd have to look it up. I, I, I remember reading reading a little bit about it, and there, there, he's one of the weather saints, I think. Oh. Uh, if on that day it's raining, it means this for your crop or something, oh, okay. but I don't... Okay, well, we, we don't, don't know we, much about his life. We don't want to get you too far off the path here. <laughs> is there a, Jennifer, is there a specific um, inspiration or like a specific moment where you said, hey, I really want to, um, I want to live more liturgically. I want to uh, eat liturgically. I want to make sure that the, the family is centered around the liturgical calendar. It's hard to say like one particular thing. So I actually think it's, three aspects that I could pinpoint. Like, number one was my family ate daily meals together. Mm. So it was that bonding time that we ate dinner together without fail. And second, my mom would do, she introduced a few traditions around the liturgical year, and one that was my absolute favorite was making these speculos cookies, which are Dutch spice cookies Mm. for St. Nicholas Day. And it would be a, a two-day preparation because you'd have to let the cookie dough chill. So we had to make the dough and then cut the cookies the second night. And then they would be in our stockings or our shoes on St. Nicholas Day. And then my third inspiration was um, my mom was kind of overwhelmed with uh, having a lot of little ones at the time. And so she said, here's my 
bookshelf, here are my liturgical yearbooks, have at it. If you want to do stuff, you know, th- that would be great if you did it for the family. And there was one book called Cooking for Christ by Florence Berger. And her that book just captured me, and it was actually the inspiration later for my um, undergrad thesis at Franciscan University. It just really inspired me to, to keep on moving and, and do this for writing and, you know, in my own life. And even at college, I, I took some of the things and introduced it to my fellow friends. And I'd say, hey, come over and do the St. Nicholas cookies. You want to come and do the dough? And, and this was the first thing I'd ever heard of it, and they loved it. And it kind of gave that little planting a seed. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think my wife has been pulling one over on me because she tries to live liturgically as well. And during the ordinary time, which is color green, she says we're supposed to be eating salad all the time. And I think she's just trying. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think that's what this means, but that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. I think she's just trying to, she's trying to encourage my weight loss. That's fantastic. So, like, so does that mean that we're going to be eating, like, a lot of, like, um, like, Grape flavored things coming soon next week for Advent. Yeah, or like, what's or the story here? Drinking a lot of wine, maybe. Yeah, wine. There yeah. we go. See, yeah. you always have the best ideas. Okay, I think this we're getting great. off the path again. <laughs> <laughs> the wine's a good idea. Jennifer, I uh, what I'm wondering is the you know you you had said that uh, your family uh, growing up had shared a meal every day as and as a family, and that that was something that was really important. That happened for me and my family, too, and I think that was a great way to center ourselves. Um, can you share the importance of that, uh, getting together as a family and sharing a meal? Yes. That, I didn't even realize how important it was until I met my husband, and his family also did the same thing. And so when we were considering getting married, we were both saying, well, this is priority for me. And he's like, yeah, it, for me too. So um, we have been doing that since we got married. And my mom would talk about Mother Angelica years ago on EWTN said, this is really important for families to do. If you do one thing, eat together. And um, she, I think she was the one that said families that pray and eat together will stay together. So there were different things when I look at it, like on a practical level, we're learning how to eat together, how to converse, and just simple things like having how to converse without interrupting each other, people taking turns, what's appropriate to do and talk about and not talk about, and then learning etiquette, simple things like we don't talk with food in our mouths and use the proper forks and knives. So it's helping them helping all of us be able to to go out and represent ourselves yeah but there's also um our discussions sharing these things it's an intimate time that we we are sharing this with each other it's been a really good thing yeah i i think there are any number of secular studies that show the importance of of meals together with families and uh, it is an important time. And I think even if you just do it one time a week, there's a significant benefit yeah. the, 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 the family gets from something like that. But we're coming up on a break here, uh, Ryan, so maybe we should uh, we'll, uh, we'll tell people to stand by. We're going to be coming back with some more uh, talk about uh, 
uh, Eating Liturgically uh, with Jennifer Gregory Miller. And uh, stay tuned for more Real Presence Live on the other side of the break, and we'll see you then. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Acts 1-8, Jesus tells the disciples to go back to Jerusalem. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. The word translated as power is also the root for our word for dynamite. Jesus is promising an explosive power that will enable us to witness to the nations and live a powerful Christian life. That same powerful Holy Spirit is received in baptism and confirmation. As baptized and confirmed Catholics, we already have all we need to live life through the power of the Holy Spirit. If we remove the obstacles of our own understanding and lack of preparation and move with the Holy Spirit into the mission He has given us, we will change the world. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Radio is available on Google Assistant devices, including Google Home, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To start this action, say something like, Okay, Google, talk to Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, Play Sioux Falls, or Play AM 970, or Play WWEN. From there, you can use words like Play, Pause, and Stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, on Google Assistant devices. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back. Oh, I'm Ryan, I'm sorry, I stole your thunder. <laughs> you said, hey, Ryan, you bring us in and then you take over. But I, I'm glad, because you're you're so excited about these jokes that you have. Well, Because Doreen finally texted you back. Doreen Is that what did, and, okay. and they're very seasonal. They're, they're, they're Thanksgiving jokes. Oh, here what we go. What would the pilgrims be known for if they were still alive today? And Jennifer, you can answer these too if you would like. <laughs> <laughs> what would the pilgrims be known for if they were still alive today? I don't know. This, they... this is easy. It's not a pun. What'd they be known for? Their age. Oh, for Pete's sake. <laughs> Good grief. Okay. Uh, <laughs> He's so old. What comes at the end of Thanksgiving? A nap. Close. The letter G. Oh. These are really <laughs> these are really bad. Okay. Okay, here's a tar- here's a hard one. What face do pilgrims make when they are in pain? Oh, I don't know. A pill grim. Face. Oh, oh terrible. Oh, oh. Thank you. Well, Drino, you're batting about 100 on those. Uh, I would say 1,000. <laughs> if we're looking for dad jokes, that's going to okay, be like okay. absolutely yeah, yes. the best. This we'll is just fantastic. say that this, this segment of the program is in honor of Monsignor Gehring. <laughs> 
there we go. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly right. Beautiful. Okay, well, let's get back to our let's get back to our guests because that's what they pay us the big bucks yes, for. Yes, and I'm I'm hungry just thinking <laughs> about eating liturgically. So yeah. I, yes, we have lots of questions. Jack, you want to lead us? Well, you know, uh, Dreen had wants to ask a question, and it's it's uh, yeah. we we might be getting you off the script here a little bit, Jennifer, but. Yeah, she's wondering if there's been any studies that uh, has done on the relationship between the decline of the family meal and the decline of mass attendance. Oh, you ever hear? I have not. I have not seen anything like that. But that is a very interesting proposition—not proposition, but uh, hypothesis. Yeah, I I like that. Yeah, very interesting. And like it, we've talked a lot about eating liturgically, and there's going to be a lot of people who have lots of questions about that, uh, and like, what does that mean? Um, can you, a little bit more specifically, explain the relationship between family mealtime and the liturgy? I would say it's kind of, well, in my thoughts, when I think about the early church, after they would come together and share the Eucharist at Mass, hmm. that while it was forming... Afterwards, they would have what they called a agape meal, that they shared together a dinner meal. And I think it was really an imitation of Christ. So they took Jesus within them and then shared this community time together. And I think it's a, a beautiful way to balance both our spiritual side and our physical side. Like, we're, we're recognizing that we are social beings and we're also physical beings that we need to eat, but we also have this great spiritual treasure that we're sharing. And then it's also connecting us as the communion of saints. We're not just isolated at our little table, but we are connected with heaven and purgatory and the people on earth and people who are dead and people who are alive. It's what we are doing is affecting the whole mystical body. And that is mind-blowing when I start thinking about it, but it, it just everything we... It, when we're partaking and, and sharing this in the liturgy. So today, again, Blessed Miguel Pro, he, it's like he's at the, our table with us. We're, we're sharing this with him. The communion of saints is celebrating this, fe- this feast day of the saints, and we are too. We're all connected. Are there specific ways, like, and, and, you know, this is something that, you know, I'm sure, Jennifer, you've, you've you, with your two boys, been doing this for a while, um, and having, you know, one of them grown and uh, moved out to college is, are there certain things that they've told you or things that you've noticed that they've gained through this, uh, th- this eating, this rhythm of life that we live in the liturgical season? Well, my example first was that, they were waking up and realizing what, or asking, what day is this? So centering their day around that. So to me, that was really good that it wasn't coming from me. And I think that that's the main thing. When I see them responding and doing it on their own, or they're asking for it and saying, "Um, Mom, remember this? This was one of my favorite traditions. Or when are we going to do this? When are we going to um, have our, our... um, sorry, on Holy Thursday we do a, a little meal in imitation of the, the Passover, mm. but it's not a Seder meal, sure. but um, um, we do that together, and they, they, they ask for it. Where, when are we doing this? Yeah. When are we making the St. Nicholas cookies? The, the different things yeah. 
Or, or what, um, do you, what do you mean we're not going to have Reuben sandwiches on the feast day of St. Louis Pastrami? Exactly. So I actually, my uh, um, my youngest brother, he died of ALS mm. uh, a few, in 2020, but he was one that I did a lot of things <clears throat> with my uh, immediate family, my siblings. So I was, there were 15 years, I was the oldest, and he was 15 years younger. And so there were different things that I would introduce. And um, I just thought, well, I'll let him have a taste of this. You know, he could try this. Well, one year I did pumpkin carving. I know that's not eating, but he, um, the next year he's like, why aren't we pumpkin carving? We always do pumpkins. And I'm like, we just did it one year. But that's like, the, when you introduce something, remember that they are going to be asking for it the next year and the next year because they do love it. Yeah. They it, love that repetition. Yeah, I think a lot of people do this unconsciously because when you talk to people about Thanksgiving dinner, there's usually like, well, we always have this kind of dressing, right. or we always have yeah. my mother's pie, or, you know, I use my grandmother's recipe. You know, I think some of it you, d- you almost do just naturally. Yeah. Yes, yes, and it's just putting that connection with the church and her feast and putting that layer on it. it, it yeah. It's actually... Uh, people were like, you know, you're. This is really cool that you not only get Christmas, but you have Saint Nicholas Day too. Like, yeah. you, you, like you get two gifts yeah. for during the Advent and Christmas season. Like, yeah, it is pretty cool. Well, isn't it? What I like and what you've brought, you know, to me today is the idea too. We're sharing this with the communion of saints, which includes yeah. the the saints in heaven as well as those of us who are, you know. Hope to be saints. Yeah, Miguel Pro at the right. dinner table is just such a great image, such such great visualization. Um, Jen, yeah. we're we're on the phone with Jennifer. We're on the phone with Jennifer Gregory Miller. She's uh, talking with us about the importance of family meal times and eating liturgically. Um, and I, so my Jennifer, my wife teaches middle school theology, and uh, many years ago when she was first starting out. Uh, a student told her that she loved being Catholic because there were many chances to start over in the liturgical season. There's always some some chance, like, you know, it's not just a New Year's resolution to join a gym in January. We could do something liturgically in all of the different seasons throughout the year. And so going into Advent, do you have any suggestions for families who are hearing this for the first time and thinking, wow, I want to try this. I want to do something like this. Well, first of all, I totally agree with your wife. It's, it's just beautiful how the church gives us provides these different opportunities and recognizes that as a human i need to pick up and start again and start anew uh as far as my first thought would be keep it simple the the children love to repeat things but if you just don't try to take on too much at the beginning do it gradually because if not, it will come to bite you. I, I, I did something with my sons. Um, I wrote a poem for a poster every time it was their birthday, and it was a rhyming poem. And it would be every year I'm writing this at midnight trying to think of rhyming words. I'm like, why did I ever start this? <laughs> so be careful what you pick. Well, you could just go to free verse. Um, yeah, simplicity. That's a great, I did that's a great lot, advice. yes. <laughs> Um, The other thing is, um, while you are connected in the communion of saints, there is so much information out there, but don't compare yourself. You're unique. It's like everybody cooks 
spaghetti, and they all have their own recipe. But we can all say we we know what spaghetti is. <laughs> so do your family version, and don't worry what other people are doing, or it doesn't look like this is Instagram ready to, to show off to everybody. It's your family, and do what works for you. And I'd also say, because I've been working with elementary children for years, um, try to make it as much as possible that you inspire the children and let them lead instead of it making a, a mom doing all the work. Yeah. Inspire them as, when they're like six on up and follow their creativity and imagination. Don't make it so that mom's doing all the work and then that was that's my other advice. Don't make the tradition more important than the family. So there's been years where life gets in the way, and so that recipe isn't going to be done. But I'm spending time in making memories with the children with maybe a store-bought thing, but it, the important thing was to be with each other. I think I'm going to follow up on uh, uh, Ryan's earlier question about Advent. Is there any particular meal for you that means Advent? I'm sorry I keep on going back to St. Nicholas cookies, but that really was, the the spice cookies, Was I actually used them as my wedding favor. My oh, sister. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> this, this, was, this was my thing. So I, I did um, do themes for uh, each Sunday of Advent, and I would try to think of, like, the first week is, uh, the theme of John the Baptist. No, Isaiah, and the second one was John the Baptist, and so I mm. would try to link different ideas of how can I bring that in, that thought. St. Joseph would be the third week, and Mary was the um, the fourth week. That's so I, I just would throw in some ideas, but, but again, I don't have strict recipes for that, and I like to bounce them off my, my son. That's fantastic. Uh, Jennifer, we've got just a few seconds left, so we're going to wrap our segment up. But thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Jennifer Gregory Miller talking about family meal times and eating liturgically. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty hungry, Jack. That's uh, after after talking about <laughs> food this too. morning. This and is... we were talking about the community after Mass. I can justify yes. having those donuts. You absolutely can. And I think we need to get some St. Nicholas cookies in here pretty soon, too. That, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds good. Yep. This thank is you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you.